What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants. Well, he gets. And I don't like it any more than you men. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Thought Process. That last quote I just read was from the movie Cool Hand Luke, which is quoted at the beginning of Civil War of Guns N' Roses, which is, I've just been on this um, gun, Guns N' Roses binge for this whole week. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's, I think that was a good way to start today's podcast. Um, today we'll be talking and diving into the unknown waters of the dark interweb. Um, we're going to be you know, going through some um, a variety of topics, um, but anyway, but they all tie back into each other. So the main main concept would be all about weapons. So anything from beginning to end. Uh, hopefully, we can try to go in uh, historical order, though, and we'll talk about experiences we've had with specific weapons. That I mean, I haven't had anything super crazy. Like I've never shot a bazooka, or like anything super outrageous but the experiences of different things uh that i've done there's a few that I've, i i didn't think would turn out the way they did or or i felt like maybe the uh how you do it is different elaborate so like like with a i went to go shoot guns uh two weeks ago and i went into the gun store and i i thought I thought that there was going to be much more, not just like you walk in, you sign a waiver, and then they ask you what you want to do. Like I, okay, I thought. So before you went there, what was your first initial thought of what this process would look like? I thought this was going to be like a three, four hour long trip because it's just like if you go mountain climbing, there's some training before you, or like rock climbing. They do all this training. They teach you the harness. They, they, they make sure that you know safety so you don't fall. They make sure you have a partner. Uh, they make sure that you learn certain words so that it's clear what you want to do to your partner if you're going to go up, if you're ready to come down, uh, things like that. When I went to the gun range, it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> so I walk, I walk in and... My roommate has uh, has two guns, but the place we went to was uh, handguns only. Mm-hmm. And so he brought two of his guns. They're both in a bag. Uh, they both weren't loaded. Um, he had ammo, but it wasn't in in the magazine or the clip, whichever one you call it. Um, and so they check the guns when you get there to make sure like it's fine. And... Um, and then this specific place didn't want you using any outside ammunition. They wanted you to use specific ammunition. I don't know if that's to like make sure that the range is doesn't get worn down more. Um, I think that might have to do with the fact that um, sometimes you use faulty ammunition that may damage the guns. Sure. So maybe for the longevity of their guns. Well, no, I mean, you would use it in your own gun, but they still want you to use their their type of ammo. Oh, um, but yeah, I walked, we walked in, uh, they asked us if we've been there before. Um, one of the three of us said yes. Other two said no. 
And then they're like, uh, do you, do you guys have your own guns or are you or like renting the gun? Um, so we said, we're, we're going to, we're going to try out a couple of the guns because they said that I was thinking about buying one. And so, so they're like, okay, here's this, here's the waiver, get your ID, uh, sign it, fill all the information out and then come back when you're done. So I'll sit down. It's just name, address. If we're on medication, if we have any like heart problems or, um, like, uh, are we like seeing a psychiatrist or any of that kind of stuff? And then you go up to him, you hand him the paper, he looks at your ID, they sign you off and then they say, all right, what do you want to do? And they're like, uh, they tell you that you can try, you can try whatever gun you want. Uh, but the ammunition, I think they had, um, two different types of guns for two different types of ammunition. So you, they could only sell you 50 rounds per person. Um, so we just stuck with nine, nine millimeters so we could have the most ammo and, and, and go. And so you're just like, Oh, we'll, we'll try this one. I let them, uh, the guys I went with decide which guns to use since they had more knowledge. So they chose three different ones. They chose a compact and two um, traditional sizes. So I I, I did a uh, I shot a Glock 17, a Shield, and I forget the other one. It's like a three three letter name. And the I I didn't the the first time we we um, the first gun we got. All they do is they say which one do you want. They give you your ammo and they put it in this little blue bucket. I mean, it could be different in, in wherever you go, but they give you the gun upside down, empty, no, no, uh, magazine in it. And then a bag of bullets and the magazines just sit in the thing. And then you just grab it and walk through this door and you have to wait till the door behind you closes to walk through the next door. And then you're just on the firing range. And I was just like, they just gave me all this stuff. And I told them I've never shot before. Like if I gained, if I went there by myself, I would I would have been like I'm not really sure what I'm doing right now. Like I would have been guessing. So I let my roommate. I said, "Hey, show me how everything works in case of I don't know. I load it wrong or I don't put it all the way in or whatever." And so I was like, "This, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a learning experience." And it was because I've never shot an actual hang a uh, uh, handgun. I've shot in like um like hunting rifles where it's very. It's different than a handgun, kind of. Oh, you did. And so, yeah. You went. You've been hunting before. I haven't been hunting. I just shot. Like, oh, just a, like, like what? cheapy rifles. Oh, okay. Um, and so we go, and my roommate he lo- loads the bullets in, puts it in, gets it ready, shoots the target, and then he pulls apart, puts it down, and it's like your turn. And I was like, okay. Uh, so I load it. I put the gun in. I was like, "You, didn't, right. you never cocked it." No, because the the gun I had that that's what I wasn't sure about. Because like some guns you have to, some guns you don't, and I guess it's it's based off of some guns you have to cock it, some you don't, and some people say like you skip a step by having a gun where you don't have to cock mm-hmm. because now you're just you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess there's preferences. So, um. None of the guns that I shot, I had to cock. It, it, they were semi-automatic, I guess, is, is the concept. And um, so I, I put it in. 
I studied and I shot the first time and I, <laughs> I, I did not have a good grip on it, dude. You weren't that thing, ready. Like that you thing almost flew out of my hand. You weren't ready for the recoil? I wasn't ready for the strength of it. Like I, in no way, like I, I don't think it would have flew, flown out of my hand. It didn't, but it definitely like was loose in my hand. Oh and I was like, God. oh, damn. All right. All right. And so like as I, as I shot the next rounds, I had the grip on it. But then the second round when we got the new gun, my brain didn't like think again, like you need to have a tight grip. So I picked it up first shot again. I was like, I was like, oh, wait, I have to hold this tight. And it, it was a very, it, it was very funny to not like that. That stuff doesn't stay in your head because you're not used to shooting the gun. But um, how'd you do with the target out of out of the 50 rounds I shot? I would only would miss the target three times. One of them was like it would have cut the, the side of the head of the person. And the other two were like way off to the to the side. And those all three of those shots were from a compact gun. And um, one of the reasons I think for it was like I think it was like my third shot in on, on the compact which I believe was a shield is the name of the gun. Um, the, uh, the bullet jammed and I had no clue what to do. I was like, I was like, Hey guys, and my roommate's deaf and we're wearing headphones. So he can't hear me. And the other guy wasn't paying attention. And I was just like, hey, guys, I don't know. I don't know what to do right now. And so all, all it was is just pull it back and dump it out and, Right. go again make sure it's cocked and start over so i think it was more like uh the nervousness or the like kind of like you were humiliated in a sense and so my my shots are just like way off right, after that right, kind right. of thing um oh man that's but the funny. rest of them were were pretty good shots i have i have the uh the the target or i have one of the targets and i think it's the one where i missed the three i kept that one and uh mm-hmm. And it was it was a good experience. It was definitely different than I thought. It was much it was much more relaxed. Like you could just get in there and go. I think the whole concept behind that is like if anything was gonna go wrong, everyone's got a gun. Like they're just gonna try and take care of it. You know what I mean? Like they did their their the due diligence due diligence due diligence diligence on checking to make sure that. <laughs> You're of age to do it, and past that, there's not much you can do. Well, and and um, you said that someone there had already been there, right? Yeah. So they're expecting that person to kind of show you the ropes. Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of yeah weird I mean, though that they just hand like I w- I would expect at least like them walking the gun to the spot you'd be shooting at, but it wasn't. It was like the front door is right here. And like right here is where they hand you the gun, and then you walk down a hallway to the to get into the shooting area. You know what I think it is is that if you're there at a shooting range or you own guns, most people I would say that most people are pretty responsible with guns. Yeah. So they, so they, I don't know. It's like a like they kind of trust you. Like okay, this guy is here. He wants to get better. He wants to learn. He already respects the gun. Because yeah. if you didn't, then, you know, why would you be at a targeting range? 
Well, I mean, there's been bad situations that have happened at targeting range. But, oh, but they also say there's there's usually a person, I think they call it range master, mm-hmm. where he has a gun on his hip and he just walks back and forth. Essentially security. So right. we didn't notice anyone, but I did notice like the first range as you could walk into the shooting range. There was a guy who had like a, a shirt on that had the name of the business and said staff on it and he was shooting. So he may have been that person and right. it was just more nonchalant and I couldn't tell kind of thing. But um, so it, over- it, it wasn't, it, I, I don't know. It was a good experience, but I felt foolish in the sense of I didn't know what was going on and everyone else seemed to know exactly what they were doing. Uh, well, I mean, maybe, it, maybe it was just one of those days you have regulars coming back yeah. in and you just happened to be the newbie. Right? Yeah. And I did notice a lot of the people who were there were very... The, surprisingly there was a lot of old people like like 75 plus old people and i didn't really expect that i don't, I don't feel like the old people have like you have a lot of vets here man I, I guess but like at a certain age though you like don't have the strength anymore so <clears throat> um there I've, I've heard that people actually practice it to help with parkinson's because it ha- you have to hold it steady. Oh, to keep so it kind of helps you, you know, with your strengthening, hands. strengthening your hands, and um, uh, well, you know, just kind of going through the motions. The and vibration might do something too. Who knows? I mean, but, but from what I hear is that people do use it for that reason. Huh. So I, I, I'm not surprised when you say that there was a lot of old people there. And the other thing too is a lot of the people who who you can kind of tell knew what they were doing too, had a lot of money. There was like there was a 2021 Corvette there that was from uh, Canada. I was like, who's driving down here to this little shooting range from Canada? And I think it's technically Fountain Valley where I was at. Mm. And uh, yeah, who's driving down from Canada to 2021 <laughs> Corvette go shooting at this this range over here? Well, that's funny. But, <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely so a fun experience. And a, it was only 47 bucks. So you had a overall. What's your first impression? Is it because before you went there, you had a skewed reality of, or a skewed perception of what a gun was, right? N- not really. No, what I thought was just the experience would have been different, much more um, secure in a sense, much more you have to go through these steps before you can actually shoot the gun. Okay, that's the place and the experience, right? But I'm talking about the actual gun. You know, you you went there... You are you are now. You now have something in your hands mm-hmm. that can potentially or potentially end a life. Yeah, having that much power in your hands did you did that even phase you at, at any at any point? Um, it did a little bit. I had this weird, like eerie feeling, kind of, but more or less it was eerie because I wasn't used to that many people around me. <laughs> who had guns you know what yeah. i mean so it, it's just like if you walk down the street and someone has a big giant knife attached to their hip it's a little it's a little eerie but i mean if you walk into every single person's house i don't think i've ever met someone who doesn't they have a whole thing of knives in their kitchen that right. are just the same size and you don't think anything about that yeah so it's just you're like just not used situation. to the experience of 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 the weapon and, being and in not that, just that, that but setting. it's also you know people are shooting, so it's loud. 
There's yeah. a lot going on, right? Left and right. And it kind of teaches you that, you know, you have to kind of focus, mm-hmm. right? On what you're doing. You, you don't want to, you don't want to mess up in this instance, you know? Because yeah. I've been shooting too, man. I've, I think I've done a Glock. Um, I don't remember if it was a, if we might have done a shotgun or a rifle. Did you go to it like an indoor range or were outdoor. you in the desert I've been, or I've been to both. I've been to an indoor and outdoor ranges. Everything I did was outdoor except for this time with the handguns was indoor. Now, yeah, that was a little weird too because I was like ricochet. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! No no! Well, the back th- is dude. The back of those things is just rubber. Yeah, and, and I think there's two rows of like plates too, just to make sure if it makes it through that that it hits the plate and it'll stop. Um, actually, it's just rubber, dude. There's nothing back there. It's like it's just rubber all the way to the end. Because the where we were aiming and shooting, so say you're you're in the in the area where we're shooting on the other side of that wall is where all their parking was. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, dude, no. Well, I'll, I'm telling you this from experience, actually, with Gilbert. Mm-hmm. I had this time where um, he was, he just, he he persuaded me to go he- help him work at cleaning one of these places up. So, you know, we, we get there and we're like, okay, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a um, firing range. Mm-hmm. What could be so hard about it? Well, this guy never explained to us the amount of, how laborious this thing was. You have to go over there. You have to um, basically, okay, first of all, this place, they didn't have all their systems in, in, in check, right? They, mm-hmm. The process was not there. There was no handbook. Like, hey, this is the way you clean it. No, basically, it's like, here's the rubber. Here's the processing belt that will... Um, you know, separate the rubber from the lead. And yeah, you just repeat that over and over until you're done with the whole thing and you basically clean everything. So there's tons and tons of lead there. Imagine that. We, dude, they gave us a bunny suit and and goggles and N95 masks and the goggles would just fog up. And you're in a bunny suit. It's like a hundred degrees in there, and you're shoveling lead into a conveyor belt. Ow! It took us like eight, nine hours, dude. It was the Ugh. worst time. It was the worst thing. You can't see, and you're itchy because of all the the fiber, all the rubber and the metal, the lead fiber that's in there. It was probably the worst experience ever. So that's why I'm telling you, like back there, it's literally just rubber. Unless, of course, obviously they might have stuff, you know, it might be like a concrete. It might be like, um, like you said, some sort of plates in the back. But the majority of that is just pure rubber, which is pretty insane. Yeah, It's so, it's so much hard. It's so hard to just, dude, you don't even understand, like. I'm not even doing it justice by trying to describe this. Yeah. It's tons. How how heavy is lead? There were tons, dude. I'm there was like maybe like a thousand two two 
two tons. Shoveling it all by hand. Yeah. Such a painful job. <laughs> Dude, my I my I take off my hat to those people, man. Could do that on the regular. And so okay, so I've been to indoor ranges. Um I think I sh- yeah, I shot Glocks, I shot they were some old guns, dude. I don't even know what kind of guns they were, but I did pretty good. I I don't think that I think that all of, all of my shots were except for maybe like the first few were mm-hmm. off mark because I my first time I didn't know, right? But after that I got the hang of it. And then when we went to the outside range, I shot AR15s. I shot I think it was a shotgun or a rifle. And dude, the AR15 you need to train for that, dude. If let's say you just go right now and you just decide, okay, we we just we could, we're gonna get an AR fifteen, we're just gonna shoot. No, dude, it's they're heavy. Yeah. Right. So it was like I'm like five shots in. I'm like, dude, what the heck? I'm like shaking off my my shoulders and my my biceps are already getting like tight. I'm like, dude, what the heck? I can't believe. That we send people out to the desert with these things. I cannot believe that there's people out there that just have to carry this like 24 hours a day for however long their mission is, bro. It's insane. Yeah. You know, that's why a lot of their training, dude, a lot of their training is just whole carrying everything and and having it on them for two weeks and just going out. It's not like do push-ups, do this. It's like, no, you just need to be able to carry things. <laughs> and and then imagine, dude, especially when things get heated, right? You get into, um, you're carrying out a special mission. Yeah. Not only are you do, you, do you have like 300 pounds on you, but you have to keep your rifle up or on you, you know? You have to carry your rifle. Then... When the adrenaline shoots up, you have to be able to stay composed and and be able at the same time to hit the mark because you're the people around you are um, depending on it. Yeah, you know you you have to look out for your buddies. Like I, I dude, I had this dream when I was like seventeen, eighteen. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna go become a scout sniper. <laughs> video games yeah. it's freaking child i was it was so childish it was such a t- childish dream so unrealistic to from what i from what i really am you know i'm sure that if i would have gone to the military i would have done okay because mm-hmm. i know how to follow orders and you know I, I i think i can push hard enough to you know make the boot camp and i can hike for for a long time it's, it's no big deal and I can definitely eat rations and take a dump, you know, wherever it needs to be done. But having the responsibility of people are actually like you're in charge of people. Like uh-huh. they're you're in charge of people's lives. You're responsible for their lives. That is another level. I don't think that I was prepared then. I don't even think I'm prepared now. You know, it's, that's that's a different level. It's 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 very uh, life changing. I'm I'm sure. Um, and um, well, you know, 
my my hat off to them, man. Like, yeah, thank it you was guys. just Veterans Day. Yeah, so thank you guys thank you. for everything you guys do that people so that people in uh, like Craig and I can enjoy doing this podcast and talk shit about you. Guys. <laughs> we're not talking shit. Well, I'm just saying, you know, we're just shooting the shit here. Yeah. So what what other uh, type of uh, weapons have you used? I've I've done. Uh, I'm, I got pretty good with the bow and arrow. Okay. I you. Uh, it in was, the Boy Scouts, we would shoot bow, uh, bows and arrows all the time. You remember that one night I invited everyone over to the house too, and we were having we were just having drinks and hanging out, and I was like, "Hey guys, I got bow and arrows," and then we all took turns and shooting them. Bro, and- so just to give you guys <laughs> some context about this night, uh, we must have been twenty one. Nah, I was like twenty two. That was maybe like three years ago, dude. No way. Yeah. yeah, it was like twenty. We were like twenty, dude. It was been like seven years. I don't, I don't think it was that long, was it? Yeah, dude. That's back when like Ishmael was still here. No, 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 not then. When I invited you, Robert, Gilbert. Uh, okay, it must have been played... about four or five years ago. Yeah, it wasn't too long. Okay, ago. so you know everyone's having drinks. Greg, you know, he had his uh, big backyard. He sets up the target. And we had, he we just, had a little bonfire he just going. Hands out this uh, bow and arrow. And uh, it turned out to be lefty. No one's there lefty. And everyone's <laughs> like drinking. And you can see, you know, because there's a, there's a specific way for you to actually pull back. You know, you're supposed to pull with your back, not your arm. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to stretch and pull with your back, you know? Use your lats. And you can't do that with your left. Like, you're kind of <laughs> awkward, right? So everyone's shaky, and the arrows are just flying just left and right, dude. <laughs> Going under the target. <laughs> under the target. Just over the target. Dude, bad idea. But it was it was fun. Yeah, it was it was safely a bad idea. Yeah, you know, we're all adults. I think we, we could have handled anything. Mm-hmm. Not all adults can. But, yeah, uh, I had a really good time shooting... Uh, Bow and arrow. We're actually going to be getting uh, for Christmas. We're going to get the kids bows and arrows. Um, we might even get them a BB gun too. <laughs> BB guns are super cheap. I used to shoot BB guns too when I was younger, and uh, it. I think it's a good way to get used to the concepts of a gun for a kid, because like yes, it can cause damage, but it. If they do something stupid with it on accident, like as they're out there, like aiming at a target or something, it's not going to do much, but put like a little hole in something like it can hurt a person, but it's not going to be the end of their life. What type of BB guns? Because there's different types. Uh, just like the Daisy BB guns. They're like 20 Daisy? bucks at a Walmart. Uh, they're spring loaded. Uh, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had one that was actually um, gas powered. Yeah. yeah. Now that thing, dude. It it was like a it was like like a a Smith and Wesson replica. Yeah. All black. It it's heavy like the gun. And you know, the you you put the little tank, you squeeze it, and then it it loads up the air. Every time you pull the trigger, it would just dude, it would it actually would go through the drywall. Yeah. The BB would go through the drywall here. Um what else? Like in Boy Scouts, we had to do a lot, actually. Like, uh, we we had to make sure we knew how to use a knife. Mm-hmm. And um, so they would give us, they would give us a Swiss Army knife, and 
we would have to use a piece of soap mm-hmm. and carve out something like they would tell us something like make a pig or or make a car or something like that we'd use the knife to to carve it out and the whole concept was make sure you don't cut yourself make sure you're 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 cutting the correct way that you're not stabbing things like towards your hand uh different things like that and then they would all they also took us to do throwing knives and throwing axes and i've done it outside outside of the boy scouts i've also done it and those are really fun to do have you never done that i've never done throwing knives i've always wanted to um yeah, I think I think definitely something that we should look into. If you look them up online, you can buy a a, a decent set. I mean, we're not going to do anything crazy. We're not going to be throwing it at any hard, super hard objects. But you can probably find a a good pair of like three or four for like fifty bucks. Um, and it, it's really fun to do. Just go out where there's a bunch of trees and just throw it at a tree and um. So many different ways, dude. Some people hold it by the blade. Some people hold it by the handle. And with the axe, the axe is the hard one. Because if you don't get it on that blade, you're just hitting someone with a stick. Yeah. And the the weight difference from the handle to the the metal part on the end, it it feels more rewarding when you hit the target with an axe than when you hit it with a a knife. I I don't know exactly what it is. I feel like like you look more more badass, too, with an axe. in it. Yeah. Right. There's more. Oomph. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how, uh, just to get back into the rabbit hole, isn't it interesting how weapons have evolved mm-hmm. over time? You know, at first it was used as a tool to skin animals or to hunt. Yeah. You know, like uh, we have here back in the day, prehistoric era. You're gonna want to bring it up on. We the, had some on the screen. What did they have? Stone tips? No, not this. Well, stone so, tips and arrows and bone bows. Yeah, the first recorded uh, like type of weapon was like a spear point or uh-huh. or a tip, I guess is what they would call it. And uh, imagine yeah, you would, you would trying use it to, to take down a mammoth with a spear. Like there's that <laughs> one movie. Uh, I think it's called Twenty Thousand BC or Two Thousand BC or something uh-huh. like that. And uh, it's a it's about cavemen essentially doing just that. The very beginning of the movie, it's like 15, 20 of them going to try to kill a mammoth. And they have this whole plan. Like the first part of it is not like if we get lucky somehow and kill them in the first part of the plan. Cool. We're lucky. But it was like stab them to piss them off. So they follow you to the next part where you trap them and then you throw boulders on top of them and then you stab them till he's dead. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, they were taking down these these beasts with a, a freaking spear. Like, <laughs> like imagine trying to kill a whale with a spear. Like that whale is gonna freaking drown your ass, <laughs> dude. Imagine I can't I can't imagine I can't imagine trying to take down a giant mammal with a with a spear. And of course, back in the day, we would come in as, as groups and we would have hunting groups and everybody had their own designated um, way of doing it. Um, I I remember reading that um, there were some civilizations that would actually poke like mammoths or elephants off a cliff. Like they would poke them until they would fall off the cliff. And oh, that's, like back them up? and Yeah. And off. that's how they would 
you know, capitalize on getting bone because ivory also was a uh, a way of that they it was a material that they used for spears and and, and blades and stuff. And mm-hmm. It was a material that they didn't have an alternative for. Right. It was like we use this or we don't have another option kind of thing. But not to mention the food that you know that an elephant would probably feed your family for a month if yeah. it was kept cold. One of the things that I saw that like the second oldest uh weapon recorded was a boomerang. Because all it is is a hard piece of wood essentially. And there's been so many different types of boomerangs through the year like I think the original ones were not meant to come back to you. Hmm. They were like bludgeoning tools. So it's like having a mace, but being able to throw it. So people were very accurate with throwing it at something, but it wasn't like throw it, hit the thing, and it comes back to it you. Became, it became a game, like a toy. Yeah, people right? People turned it into that. Yeah, yeah. But it was really just throw, try to knock out, come finish the kill. Well, check this out. Or so Hope the blunt force trauma was strong enough to kill. Yeah, the Sumerians and Akkadians. Is it Arcadian? Akkadians. The earliest civilization in southern Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq, were the Sumerians and Akkadians. They occupied land, or the occupied land was open to enemy attacks from the many barbarian tribes. The Sumerian warrior was equipped with spears, maces, swords, Clubs and slings. Uh, Sargon of Akkad was a great military leader and used both infantry and chariots. The chariot troops used both spears and bows and arrows, which which proved to be effective. Wow, Do you know man. that name, Sargon of Akkad? No, that's a guy on YouTube now. What guy? He's uh, I think he does mostly political stuff. He. Well, who's the, That's the conservative, uh, over-the-top gay guy? Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos? Yeah. They, they're, like, good friends. Or they really? talked a lot. Yeah. And he goes by that name because, uh, I think, of Probably the Probably because of this? Yeah. So, he was alive back in 2,333 BCE. BCE, I believe, is before Christ's existence. Oh. So now it's a it's a way that you can gauge it if you don't believe in Christ. I would just change that but into in the- BDE because that guy has some BDE, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I started researching a lot about weapons through the years from like beginning to now. And I had a really big misconception of who created a lot of weapons. The Chinese created a lot of these main weapons that we would think of early on. Well, great. And They've been around for thousands of years. No, I know, but I, I was giving credit to different like different countries for for certain weapons. Like and what? I had no like clue. What? Like um the the you know what a scorpion is? Where it's like shoots multiple arrows? The yeah. Chinese uh-huh. made that. Uh-huh. I thought um I thought it was a Middle Eastern country that that started that. Um, gunpowder <laughs> was the Chinese. I think I knew yeah. that one. Um, uh, well, there. Uh, what's that one? Um, it's kind of like a flamethrower, essentially. The China, I believe it was the Chinese who made that one. Um, I don't, so, I'm not aware of that one. So, from a lot of the his the history of of weapons that the majority of people would think of, like if you're just like, oh, this weapon, this weapon, this weapon. 
they're, they're pretty much all done by the, by um, by the Chinese. Mm-hmm. And that was so interesting to me to see that. So like the Chinese and the Greek, they made some like like next step weapons, like Greek fire. Dude, that changed the face of the planet, dude. Greek fire? Greek fire? What it, is that? I don't know what that is. Oh, it, it was it was a fire that wouldn't be put out by water. So like when it was first introduced, they were using Greek fire and like the people couldn't defend against it. It's just whatever caught on fire is gone. So Greek fire. Greek fire was an incendiary weapon used by the Byzantine 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 Empire beginning C672 used to set light to enemy ships. It consisted of a combustible compound emitted by a flame-throwing weapon. Some historians believe it could be ignited on contact with water and was probably based on naphtha and quicklime. What is that? So, Dude, people... Like this is what people ask for on Google. What is the formula for Greek fire? <laughs> Don't click that. You'll be put on a list. <laughs> You've uh, really never heard of Greek fire? No, I mean the the That's closest so I could have I could have um, probably where I heard it was from Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah, they I, they I used they it. Mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like that. It's really that changes it. Like if you can't put out fire. Someone threw fire at your wooden ship. Your wooden ship's gone. How do you defend against that? You can't. You can't. You can't. There's nothing you can do. Well, what you can do is numbers. You get you get thousands of ships to storm this place. Sure. Maybe 70% will, 50% will survive. That should still be enough for you to conquer them. That's what a lot of the things became was like, you had to do numbers now because the you couldn't really defend against certain things like like chariots having an a, an army of people who who are on foot trying to stab this guy who's moving f- 40 miles an hour past you and can just shoot a bow at you like what are you going to do against that that yeah. guy can shoot 50 people by the time one of you guys can get close to him right yeah they have war chariots um again it's a it's a mode of transportation where which were used as a weapon by ancient peoples I can't read that. They even did chariot races, which was like gladiators. I think you saw it in the movie Gladiator, right? Where where they would put like spikes on the end of them, and and it was a race to the death, essentially. So, just, dude, check this out. I can't. Can you read this? I don't know what this is. Um, Hit. I'm not even gonna try to read it. <laughs> These people used chariots to crash into enemies, whereas the Egyptians used them to stay away from enemies and attack them by arrows and spears. These vehicles were first made in Mesopotamia by the Sumerians as a four-wheeled wagon, which were pulled by four donkeys. How fast could you go with donkeys? But, no, but but see, that, that was probably used more for like trade, like... Like drag well, taking it says things right from here, here to that there. They would that they would use them to stay away from enemies and attack them and attack the enemies by arrows and spears. So that's interesting. How far? How fast can four donkeys go? Well, see the the re- no okay. The, the way you're reading it is making you think of it differently. When they first created it, 
that was the purpose of it. That's how it was first created. But then they well, used it to to get away so they would use horses. Like if you look in the image, it's probably a horse, not a donkey. I can't see it because the camera's in the way. I can't see it. So it's a Actually, it looks like a centaur in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both wrong. So these vehicles were first made. Okay, so every wagon held two individuals, a driver and a warrior armed with a spear or an axe. Some historians believe that chariots were first developed in the Eurasian steppes. But at the same time... Somewhere in Russia in Uzbekistan? Donkeys aren't slow. They're not slow. They just don't have as much endurance as a horse. Hmm. They can't go as, really? as long. But they're just as, they're just as fast and they're just as powerful. They just don't have what? the longevity of a horse. Really? Yeah. I mean, I thought maybe like mule mules were like, which were a cross between a donkey and a horse, right? Yeah, pack the, mules. Yeah. They, you get the best of both worlds. huh? Maybe it's like the low maintenance. I don't know. That would be something interesting to look into. But, man, that's chariots. That was a game changer. Uh, I don't know what the Kopesh sword is. Uh, can you hover over it? I think it'll show the weapon. I'm not well, sure. I just went to something, huh? I saw something here. That was just a map. The Kopesh sword. Just oh, yeah, who knows? Oh, it's a sickle sword. Sickle? Oh, yeah. so it's, it's like it, edged. It might be like um, like uh, the climbing axes, kind of something like that. Ooh. So, and that that's what the the Egyptians had. Remember, we were talking last week with the skull and bones. So instead of the bones, the X and the bones, they would use the the, the sickle type uh, scepter scepter weapons. That's Jesus what that would be. Christ. I believe. Tridents, dude. I I don't think I've ever seen someone use a trident. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, it says the classical Greek civilization had mastered the art of making spears. The trident, a three-pronged spear used for fishing, was a form of spear popular with the Greeks. Oh, so it was used for fishing. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. So it was it was you could you can make sure to get the catch. So it's like you aim it for the middle one, but if you miss, more than likely that that those side prongs might get it. So it was actually it be, it became popular with the Indians who used it as a weapon. They called it three shoe, three spears, and gladiators in Rome. Look at that, man! That's yeah, so and they crazy. would use etc. There too, they would use the the trident and they would use a net. You actually see that in the movie Gladiator. One of the people uses the trident and the net, or actually, I think the main guy uses the trident and the net. I don't really remember the movie. It's it's I can remember like the whole story and like the whole storyline and everything, but the, those specific details they're way out of my way out of, over my head. So look, man, weapons, dude. Imagine back in the day when when the only thing you had between you and your enemy was a sword. A bone arrow when when the bow and arrows when they started being mastered, I'm sure that was a game changer because now you can hit enemies from a long range, right? Mm-hmm. But imagine being or living in a civilization who the only thing you had between you and your enemy was two swords, and 
more likely than not, one of you two was not was gonna get cut, or lose a limb, or die. Oh, both of you were getting cut for sure. Right? You <laughs> there, know, there was no like clear winner in a lot of those fights. I bet. You know what? From the research that I was doing for this podcast, yeah, I stumbled onto a modern thing called M1. Which is like medieval fighting. Oh, it's that's like sick. I love it's that, like, dude. It's like it's like UFC fighters, but in full armor gear. And blunt weapons. Blunt weapons. They have shields. They have, you know, the full metal. Um, the full metal armor. The uh, full metal armor. I forget what it's suit. called. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I can't remember the name of it. M- medieval armor, essentially. And a blunt, like swords. And... Um, Dude, you can There's no rules outside of like no killing the person, but like they're no. I think it was down. like no straight. Yeah, no, you know, no, yeah. no stabs. But yeah, it's it it's straight up just like all endurance of just making sure to stay up and and making sure the other person gets hit and has to keep trying to recover from from all the weight of the weapon and the armor. How long do you think it took people to figure out? That the best way to protect yourself during war was through armor. Like, hey, man, this ain't working. Like, we keep sending people out there, but they're dying, we're dying. Like, hey, we. But, I mean, armor like that. People, not the everyday warrior had that. That was like the knights. rich, the rich guys, knights, or yeah, or like the high ups. Like that was expensive. Right. That's like that's like nowadays having like a a Bentley, a Kevlar, Kevlar armor to tell you the truth kevlar is not expensive as i thought it was you can get a, a vest for like 200 bucks online but well, for, the peasants, <laughs> for the peasants i mean <laughs> but no do like, you have kevlar i don't but, <laughs> exactly but i looked it up and it, it's not it's not that much um so imagine dude i'm looking at these guys in a ring right they're just going at it and five minutes in you can see how exhausted they are Mm -hmm. you can see their exhaustion like there was a guy who literally stopped he put his hand on his on his hip he and he was like like and then the guy just kept coming dude the other guy obviously had better endurance than that guy but i cannot imagine greg being in 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 a in that person's shoes like someone back in the day you know, it's a, you're about to get conquered by this giant army. And now the only thing between you or them and your family is you in a suit of armor that probably weighs as much as you. Yeah. No, most of if them not weighed more. way more than, than, than anyone would weigh. Imagine, it would be harder to right. carry that armor than it would be to carry another person and fight at the same time. Imagine, dude. Yeah. How insane! Like, how many people? W- okay, realistically, if you you're getting conquered, you know, we see Game of Thrones, we see Lord of the Rings, we see Braveheart, we see all these movies. How long do you think those people would actually last? Like Braveheart, he f- spent like a whole day just <laughs> right. you know just fighting. You'd be tired after at Dude, least thirty I, minutes. I would be like, you know what, break. You know, everybody <laughs> wants some beer. Everyone wants right. some beer. You know. And I think that that actually used to happen sometimes. But the bloodlust and the adrenaline and the fear of dying 
would make you last much longer. Okay. Let's say it was six, seven hours. You give up or you die. You going to keep going? Well, it depends. Are all my my comrades dead? No, dude. Like The see, Last Samurai. You ever watched The Last Samurai? You ever see 300? These fools are like, I'm not Tonight we dine in hell. This guy's like running and throwing a spear at Xerxes while all his friends are getting shot by, by arrows. But I have to say, I have to say that 300, those 300 Spartans were supposed to be the, it was like sending out our Navy SEALs or like our, uh, the, the Green Berets or the Mm -hmm. Red Berets, right? It was like those guys. That's all they did. That was like all they did. But if you're getting conquered and someone tells you, hey, put on this armor, how many fights are you, how many people are you going to take on? If you're good. Two, three, four, five before your gas. If you had armor, though, and they didn't, it would take less for you to be able to kill someone. Like, like you're protected, so you don't have to worry about them swinging a sword at you. So you could let them swing their sword at you. Now they're defenseless, and you just go, you're dead. Where they have to actually try to kill you somehow. But if they had numbers, is what I'm saying. I don't know. It's just... It's fun to think about it because I hope that we never get to that point here. Oh, hell. But see, that's that's one of the things that a lot of people, like, what was it? Probably like five years ago, everyone's like, oh, there's going to be a draft. And in my head, I was like, there's no way there's going to be a draft. We don't, yeah, we have like foot wars, but usually it's because we're trying to go find someone. But like, if we get to a point where there's a world war again, we ain't going to try to find people. It's all going to be drones. It's just going to be bombs landing on drones, on bombs, people. and cyber attacks. So yeah, so it's not. I don't think. I don't think we'll see war in the same sense. And if we see war that same way again, it's just not going to be pretty for anyone. Yeah. So I don't think Greg, it'll be how, the same. How do you? How? What? What do you think? You know, if you had, if you were to get drafted right now, what do you think that you're, um, do you think you're prepared? I've been thinking about this, okay? I've been thinking about this whole, you know, doing the research for today's podcast has really opened my eyes. It opened my eyes of how weak I actually am. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like to play tough guy, you know, like yeah. if something happens and push comes to shove, like I'm not going to back down. Like, you know, you're going to have it coming for me. But at the same time, never before has there been people like this many people actually training mixed martial arts or martial arts or anything. You know, we have a lot more people training now than I think we've ever had in the past. It's popular, yeah. It's popular. It's become a trend. Are you prepared? No, I don't think I am. I'm it, not prepared. It, if you think about it, do you have weapons? I, I mean, I have kitchen knives and I have one pocket knife and outside of that, it's like I got a baseball bat. Like the Muay Thai <laughs> bro- brother like, would say, I have eight limbs and those are my weapons. <laughs> the art of eight limbs. <laughs> uh, the only the only real pose I know is freaking 
Ginyu Mantis Force. form, dude. Ginyu Force. <laughs> From Goku, the Ginyu Force. I, I got the Naruto run so I can get past anyone. And <laughs> like, But yeah, I don't I don't have training in any of that sense. Dude. Like, I, that's what I talked about this to uh, to my roommate who he's very he's very good with fixing things, um, making things. But he's like, yeah, if it came down to it, I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to even make steel. I couldn't even make a spoon. I'd have to go and get a, a piece of wood and make a wooden spoon. I, I don't know how to do any of that. There's people out there who know how to make guns, who know how to make bullets, who know how to make microphones. Like, I, I don't know how to do any of that. I know how to put a, a door on or, or or make a bed frame, but like... How's that gonna help from me in a survival Ikea. sense? From Ikea. <laughs> you know so what I mean? You, so we No, would, he can he can make things. You would be like uh, oh he was saying. Yeah. What about you? I'd be more of a labor person. Like tell me labor what to do. Labor or you'd be a chef. Like a I, cook. I could do that too, but but no, I would just be more chili. Imagine just you get drafted, you're just gonna be making chili all day. <laughs> I could do that. Right? It'd be it'd probably be a better use of me. To, but no, I'm. I would be. I could be more of the uh, the work, do pointless work, but do a lot of pointless work. What? Like, like I don't know. Like oh, cleaning, like, cooking, like, like stuff they would like say, that. Like Greg, I, we, you know, in order for our army to defeat the enemy, we need you and a hundred other people to. Take out the trash. Support. <laughs> support. I'm better at support than I am at at making a decision to do something. So, like, you I can think, be a leader of the support, but I couldn't be the leader of the offense. Oh, okay. I, I, I get that. Why do my, you think my, that is? I don't think I have enough of the ability to, to see a good decision that... That that wouldn't be in an optional form. So like it's like if you give me two options, I'll make a better decision of the two options. But if you tell me I need to make two options and then decide between two options, I can't make the two options. Mm-hmm. I need someone else to present options to me and then I can break those options down and, and choose which one would more likely be the best option and then go with that. That's That's funny. And it's also... Uh, I guess it's good that you recognize uh, a, a fault or a weakness. Yeah, like I got no sense of style. Like, regardless. A, like a, some people would not even admit that. Some people are like, well, I can do anything. You know, but when shit gets real, yeah, they freeze. Yeah. And I've been there. And I've been there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I would be. I think I would be somewhere in like in the labor. Like when I get really... Mexican. When I get really worked up, like on a personal sense, like if you're talking to someone who's just not listening or like I'm not as good at talking, a lot of my emotion comes out. But when if I were to to do to talk about someone else's situation, I can talk much more stern. It's like when it becomes personal it's much harder to to get through the conversation. So you, uh, that seems to be a little bit like not re, well reactive in a sense. Yeah. You know, like your emotions might get the be- best of you. And that's crazy, man, because all humans are like that. We're all humans are emotional. There's the exceptions, right? Mm-hmm. Psychopaths. 
But most of us, you know, we, if something happens, we react to it. Yeah. Imagine people who go into the army, they're going to the armed service, into the armed forces. You're broken down in order for you to understand how your emotions work and how to still make rational decisions while under that pressure. Yeah. Well, you're shown that that nothing matters except for what's going on at the well, except for what's going on. Yeah, but they see, try to get really, rid of everything. But that's really easy to say. But to actually do it is where the hard that's the hard part because Well, it okay, go ahead. Cuz okay, let's say that um I don't know, man, what's the worst? Seeing people just get blown to pieces and you still have to somehow accomplish the mission. Yeah, because you can't you can't you can't change what just happened there. That's done. If you don't react, the same thing is going to happen to you. So make a decision. Well, what do you want to choose? Yeah, and they say yes. that's not a choice. This is the only choice. Keep going forward. So it's like this. Like I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm saying yeah. that to be that person, it takes a certain kind of character that is rare. Not everyone's like that. Like you see kids being blown up. You know, I know you would kind of react to that. You'd be like, oh, man, that like, I don't know what I would do. I'm like, damn, it's, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I just freeze. Obviously, we haven't been trained, right? We haven't gone through the training. But it's just, I don't know, it's just really crazy just to think what the warriors might. And so this is where I was going is I realized that I'm not a warrior. It's rare to see a warrior. And I'm not talking about someone with shiny armor in a in a stallion, a horseback, or with a sword, or you know, modern day warriors, which are the armed forces that we have. I'm not just talking about those people. I'm talking about the warrior mentality. We've we've gotten so disconnected from the warrior mentality. Which was what? Fight for your, for you, fight for your land, fight for uh, the things you believe in. or and, and much more than that, it was discipline. It was mastering an art. You know, like, uh, like the samurais. Not only were they exceptional swordsmanship or swordsmen, with with the exceptional swordsmanship, they had to practice. Uh, what is it called? Calligraphy. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They had to perfect it because they understood that one bled into the other, and the other bled into the in the one. And I've and, and I'm telling you, man. I'm I just doing this. All this research kind of made me think like dude we we came all this way to now rely on other people you know what really changed that we've been talking about you know bows and arrows chariots greek fire you know what really changed the world reacting to the new thing and well, and figuring out how to defeat it 
what really changed comes. the world was technology. The ability to basically evaporate thousands of people in 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 a uh, in seconds. It, we've become so disconnected with the art of war because now we're we have bombs, we have nukes, we have things that are far more destructive than any mace, any Greek fire. Well, we have things too that put people in their place essentially. Like I was telling you earlier about this one called the, the pain ray. What? The pain ray. So it I guess they that said that it's German. effective. No, we <laughs> we use it here. What? Yeah. Uh I guess it's effective up to six football field lengths. There's no permanent damage. And what people say is it's like, have you ever opened up an oven and the heat just like hits you in the face? Yeah. That's what it feels like is what they say. And it it's just like a car and it, it I think it's based with sound. So the pain ray. This source of the source of this pain is an entirely new type of weapon originally developed in a secret in secret by the US military and now ready for use. It's a genuine pain ray designed to subdue people in war zones, prisons, and riots. Its name is active denial. So they did this thing where they were testing it. They said there's no there's not been like long-term effects like um like your ears don't blow out and like none of that happens but they say the feeling feels more like like you opened up an oven and the heat just hit you really quick so it's it's a very quick shock where you want to react and get away from it and and the effectiveness is like six football field lengths um and Dude, they, what when they what tested does this guy it, look like? <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> <see> it. <laughs> when they tested it, uh, they brought in different people from the military heads, and then people who created it, and like uh, family and friends. They did this like this little thing, and there's a video where um, they allow anyone who who's willing to do it to go walk up there and and feel what it feels like. And these people will just stand there. Everyone does differently. Some people brace for it. Some people are just like talking normally, laughing with a friend. And all of a sudden, you don't see anything. Like there's no like air wave. There's no like laser you see. Just all of a sudden, you can see them react. Mm-hmm. And everyone just like flinches, like goes like this and like takes off. And it's, it's you said it was like sound waves? Uh, I, I Like yeah. focus sound wave? I think that's what it is. So it says here. The pain ray is a high-frequency microwave weapon that makes you feel like your skin is burning but leaves no scars. <laughs> Dude, that's the worst. And so the whole point of it is is it's almost like keeping a shield up. So it's like no one's going to keep walking towards it. It's, it's, a, it's essentially a way of pushing people without touching and by doing it from a distance. Dude... <laughs> <laughs> bro if people can make essentially what this is is a stormtrooper blaster <laughs> no stormtroopers don't hit anyone okay <laughs> oh yeah sending it to 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 uh stun star uh star trek they had stun or or lethal dude it's literally called a heat ray 
Yeah, what if you just had so that in a gun this form? This uses a directed electromagnetic radiation in a completely different band. ADS uses short wavelength microwave radiation to heat the surface of the skin, resulting in an in, in instantaneous scalding sensation for those who experience it. But it leaves no... I don't understand how that works. It probably produces... It, re- it makes your skin react. It probably it, like increases the temperature around you. Uh, dude, people, what other people search for. Is 5G a weapon system? <laughs> what? Do the military use 5G this, as a weapon? I don't I don't know. I I feel <laughs> like some of that stuff, if here? you think about it, I mean the internet was created as a weapon in a sense. It was a a, a secretive well, way of sending messages that people didn't know about. Um so you can take almost anything that's created and turn it into a weapon, just like if you watch Snowden, he cell phones were weapons. They knew everything about you, and they could use it against you. They they knew when and what was going on, and I just I don't know. I feel like everything gets taken and used as a weapon. Like flashing lights are a weapon. If if you stick someone in front of it and open their eyes for for twenty four hours with flashing lights, they're gonna tell you whatever you want. <laughs> like weaponizing what, things well, happens. So, so it's like the trident. The trident so, was used for fishing, and then people used it to kill people. Like Greg, what do you think about this, man? In the history of the world, we've never experienced peace. Not animals, not people. Nah. Not even oh, anything. Not anything. Not anyone. <laughs> Depending on what you think, sure. Everything has always been a push and a pull. We've never actually experienced peace. Now, I will say we have had uh, moments of peace. And I think this is really where I wanted to get to in the conversation, man. Because I've been thinking about it a lot. Mm -hmm. We have moments, okay? Those moments happen more often in places like the U.S. As opposed to a third world country where everyone's struggling. There's more violence. There's more, um, I don't know, there's more things going on. Like, um, obviously, I'm not going to say like, oh, the U.S. is the best place in the world. There are places like the countryside where it's mostly peaceful right but with the lifestyle that we have i don't think that there's any other place in the world that experiences more moments of peace and and i mean and that's a very relative term i use that as an individual like you woke up today and you didn't have to worry about a bomb, you know, hitting your bedroom side. Mm-hmm. You you didn't worry about being gassed or whatever. I don't know what other people are experiencing out there, like in in Syria and like Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy that the fact that, okay, first of all, and I guess this is all like, I think it's very relative to. Um, to everyone's individual 
like um, life mm-hmm. and, and their perception of things. Like, I have never had to. I mean, yeah, nine eleven changed a lot for us here in the U.S., but we never and we thought everyone was going to get drafted. Remember that? Like yeah. we were thinking about there was going to be drafts. I mean, we were kids back then. We were like eleven years old. Aside from that, can you tell me any other time in your life that you actually thought like things are never ever going to be the same? Yeah, why two K? <laughs> but that was a that was like a an internet rumor. No, that was like people weren't sure what was going to happen. This was not like, but it was like it was like um, it was a thought. Not really. I mean, and nothing happened. Yes, but they weren't the sure. The stock market crashed. The, the point was is that, that they weren't sure what was going to happen. But what what was the premise? Like, what was supposed to happen? Uh, because of the years and the way we set up a lot of our um, our technology, it was it was going into the zero so it wasn't able to catch on to to like what the date was and things would get lost and so like they were saying power would turn off and and things wouldn't work until they could figure out the system i don't know there was no one i knew who was like ah y2k is a fake everyone was like no, i didn't Y2K, say it was fake but i, I don't know what's gonna it. happen the lights gonna turn off at midnight i closed my eyes dude i was i was like I was ready, dude. I was like, "This, we're going back to the caveman style. We're gonna be using spears. We're gonna have to go fish and hunt." I was, I was like, "I didn't worry about it." But okay, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the way I'm explaining the this uh, message is kind of getting lost in transition. Yeah, I just feel like we will never have peace. I think peace is momentarily. It's temporary. Yeah. And for me, I would rather appreciate those moments of peace as opposed to always be wanting to have peace. Yeah. Because I understand that it's temporary, just like happiness, just like... Everything in life is temporary. Yeah, but why is it everyone's like, oh, world peace, like the hippies are out there. World peace for everyone. World peace for everyone. Yeah, and then and then not- they're yelling at the person who says, "No, I don't want peace." Like, no one people want peace because they think it's the best option. Because it, would you rather have peace or would you rather have everyone angry at each other all the time? It's like You'd what I always say. Peace. Would you rather be pissed or pissed on? <laughs> I'd rather be pissed. <laughs> Some people would rather be pissed on. Or <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but no see and that's the thing is that people want to take what they see the best and only run with that and that's that's something that i'm running into right now like i don't like we talked about it earlier and i know you brought the point up i don't think you pushed it as hard as you wanted to but I, like i said i went to uh, palm desert last week and you're like oh that's the place you didn't really want to go to i was like yeah i didn't really want to go but i went and you're like, and you had a good time, huh? And your whole point was like, you need to get out more. Like, you had a good time, see? I just, but, yeah, the the 
well, I don't really mean to cut you off, no, but what I wanted to actually just say is like, it wasn't as bad as you thought. No. And so the whole point was, is that people want to do what what they are more willing to, to do. Like, w- would I have had a better time not going in something that I'm I'm used to doing and like to do? Or am I going to step out and try something that maybe uh, I might get pissed the whole time or or I might be annoyed the whole time or so, something like that? So we always lean towards the thing that we like the most. So in the case that you're saying people ask for world peace, like there's not really people out there who are like, oh, uh, world of, of fighting. Like, yes, Anarchists. I'm sure there's some people who Anarchists are like that. Yeah, but I feel like some of that stuff was taken too far, too. And it's more or less people who are just not... They're just rebels? Like, yeah, because oh, I mean, fuck the system. Well, like, my brother is like, oh, yeah, anarchy. I should be able to do whatever I want whenever I want. But then when you're like, okay, so I let's have anarchy. I can just pull out my gun and shoot you in the face right now and everything's good. And then he goes, oh, no, no, no. It's no, like, he calls the police. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a... It's a concept. Like, I think people should be able to do what they want when they want. Sure. But they can't affect other people in the process of that. Yeah. So it's like, if you want to go race down the street, go find somewhere safe to go race. Don't <coughs> don't go race in front of a elementary school or don't go race while you're drunk because you're going to affect others in the process of doing that. Like, yeah, uh, I just think, I don't know. I think weapons have uses. And then people abuse uses to try other things with it. Well, and with weapons comes a lot of power, and people are known and to great responsibility. I knew I was gonna say, but and I Damn knew it. you were gonna say it. Yeah, people. I don't know, man. It's just the human nature is so interesting, man. It's uh, seeing okay. The perfect example that I brought up earlier, when we detonated the nuke. In, in on Japan, yeah. For a moment, the world stood still. Right, thousands of people were lost. Right, mm-hmm. and you know, I I don't know if if I was alive back then, I would probably be against that. Like there could have been a better way you could have resolved this. And it was just basically they used it to. Show off. Like, hey, this is the US. You don't you don't mess around with us. Right? That's mm-hmm. how they be rose to be a superpower. But for a moment, after Pearl Harbor and you know the, the scene that was left there, which was probably very horrific. I wasn't alive back then. When when everyone said the the you know the the world war is over, I'm sure people experienced a sense of peace. But now you look back and it was only temporary. Then what came came about? The Cold War lasted how many years? Twenty years? Thirty years? I don't I don't remember. Yeah. No no no. The Vietnam War. It was the Vietnam War. And then it was the Cold War. Yeah. Now we've been in in war with the the Middle East ever since you know. Everyone wants uh to be powerful. 
Oh man, very. It's, People don't give it up. I w- I wonder if this is just. I mean, I guess just history will repeat repeat itself. Yeah. People are people are. We just forget. We forget. We don't read enough history. No, I, I think people just don't care because it never directly affected them. Like, it's easy to cut someone off every time you're driving, but then when someone cuts you off, you freak out. And it's like, it's like until it affects you, you don't really care. Yeah. And then when it affects you, you care, and the other person doesn't. So I don't know. I think a lo- I think a lot of life is just a lot about that. What What do you think? Our use of weapons are going drones. What else? Nukes. I, I, I mean, think what's there's a the lot next, of weapons we don't know about? Like, what's the a, next thing? Of, you know, I, after nukes, I forget the name of it, but there's this laser that affects satellites. It like huh? it like it's almost like an EMP for satellites. So a like laser. You can block, yeah. So like, if a satellite was watching you, what is it they called? Can shoot the laser and essentially scramble scramble it. Uh, just. Type in like satellite laser. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it, um, but I think a lot of like navy ships have them actually. Can satellites shoot lasers? No, you you can what do is like this, a the death ray, a laser defense weapon, and it, you'll probably get it. So it's not like the laser doesn't shoot and shoot down the satellite. It's like a laser EMP kind of concept. Why is it so it'll disrupt the satellite and not be able to work? Defense1.com, China, Russia building attack satellites and space lasers. Yeah, Pentagon wants to test a space based weapon in 2023. China and the US are in a race to get to Mars right now, really. Yeah, so Greg, if if someone said if Elon Musk sent you an invitation, it's like, Greg. I I see that it's just you and your son, huh? You would you uh would you want to come over and populate Mars for me? <laughs> what would you say? I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure. Dude, we can do a podcast via satellite like Well, he's supposed to be sending artists and um and creators to space. Let's do it. And uh people are speculating Mr. Beast, you know who that is? They're speculating that he's one of the people who've been chosen because in one of Mr. Beast's videos, very nonchalantly in the background, someone walked into the scene holding a sign that said um, that said moon and they were dressed up as a reindeer. And that's the name of the program. What? Um, It's called uh, Moon Deer, I think. Is what the name of it is. So what they're speculating is that Mr. Beast is chosen because he's a very popular creator. Greg, he's the most known creator. What if they just gave him a a super dose of mushrooms that was just gonna sit, sit him in a chair, right? And the, so they're just you're gonna, in like, space right now, they're but they're like, not really. You know, oh, you know, just have this tea. Oh, whoa, tea. Oh, and we're going to go? Yeah, just drink the tea. And they shut the door, and you're just tripping out for like 20 yeah. hours, and you're like, man, I went to space. But no, th- this is, but this, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast is I actually think Elon Musk, because this is the kind of guy he is. I think he's going to bust a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and put out one golden ticket. And he's going to be, he's going to choose someone, a regular person. 
to go to space with all these creators and, and, um, and, uh, like, uh, what would you consider them? Um, philosophers of our time kind of people, uh, because he wants, he wants us to be able to experience what space is like if this generation is not able to go. Uh So if you have all these artists being able to actually remember and be able to draw and create things that are more realistic within space, then we'll have a better connection with it and it will inspire more people to want to do it, which means that Inter, he'll, he'll, he'll have a better chance of doing it later on in life. Yeah, interplanetary life would, be, would yeah. exist. I wouldn't be opposed. If I was chosen, I would go. I would be freaking like Augustus Glue. Uh, no, I'd be like that one girl, like, buy me more candy bars, daddy. <laughs> yeah, like if you were like Jeff Bezos' son, yeah, dude, I would, I'd be out there. Just give me, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> I would, I would definitely be, definitely interested in going. Flat out, because I think the I trip, would definitely go. The trip to Mars is like six months. That's not bad. Six months there, six months back, and however long you're gonna stay there. Would you say that you age differently? You do? Well, not physically. I, I get that there's, you know, uh, your your body will have to be accustomed or get accustomed to Mars gravitational pull and then being in space affects your, your physical body. But what I'm saying is because you're moving away from Earth and... You know, we mm-hmm. we time things by going around the sun. Yeah. Would you be aging slower than other people? Like when you come back, would you be like 10 years younger? Would I be 10 years no, younger than you? No, it's not going to be like that. But they do <laughs> say you age less, but your body still gets it's broken down. So I I've, I saw something that they, they did an explanation in the sense of it. Yes, you're, you age less. But you need to work out because your bo- the bone density gets jacked up in space. Hmm. Before I forget, uh-huh. so I guess it's the it's China's anti-satellite ASAT program has been under development since 1964. Mm-hmm. The ASAT program has been moved from program 640 to program 863. The general. Uh, armaments department in the state administration for science, technology, and industry for national defense. I don't even know that. Uh, since inception, the ASAT program has made on has made progress on the development of three ASAT capable systems: direct fire, directed energy weapon, and a micro satellites. Uh, so tests of these systems have either been directly acknowledged by the PRC or reported on an ASAT cap or reported on as ASAT capable. China is pursuing a broad and robust array of counterspace capabilities, which include directed ascent anti-satellite missiles, co-orbital anti-satellite systems computer network operations, ground-based satellite jammers, and directed energy weapons. Wow, dude. Yep. That's crazy. So, so I mean, some weapons don't have to kill. They just have to... Disable. It's just like, it's like a net. Like, using a net doesn't kill a fish. But 
now puts it in a position to where it can be killed. It's it's um you disable it. Yeah. Dude, so I mean, imagine imagine, imagine instead of dropping the nuclear bomb in, on Hiroshima, they dropped a, a bomb that disabled them. We came in and well, I don't know what, for lack of better words, collected them and and put them in in prisons or something like that. Whoa, 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 Greg! You're talking about. Would you rather have them in prisons or nuked? Why would you put them in prison? I don't know. Why would you nuke them? Well, it's a retaliation force. It's a retaliation force. But that's my point: is is there can there there can be new things created that may may not be deadly weapons, but used in a disabling form okay. to get the same result in the sense. Like, yeah, I would. I would maybe destroy their docks, stop their economy. I wouldn't put him in prison. So that sounds. That sounds. You, you know, know what, what that sounds. You know how that sounds, dude. I'm saying instead of dropping the nuke, we could have disabled them. Come in and 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 fine. Take out the people who sh- should be taken out. <laughs> what? Ima- Nothing, imagine if we had something like that, and you could drop it and disable uh, North Korea. We go in and get Kim Jong Il, and then like it's done. We got him. No one else is hurt. There, well, there's no fight, and and now everyone can that because, can live again. Well, you don't know that because one, I think he has a sister who's as evil or more sure. evil than he is. Number two, so then we go and get her too. That's no, my point, though. No, it's but, a way to disable and not affect the people who don't need to be affected. But let's let's hang on a second. Number two, people idolize him. He people view him as a god. Sure. And there, there's problems with that in every so country. So imagine that the whole country just, okay, well, maybe we can't reach the U.S., but, you know, we're going to go to South Korea or to into Japan. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That could happen, too. And so... I mean, that that's happening. There's no, there's no like... When, when, when it comes to war, I know that there's, like, war rules that you must abide by but that can easily just be overlooked it's more or less accountability for the remainder of the world so let's just say us and spain are in a war together and there's a rule of no like poisonous gas and let's say we use it on spain now the rest of the world's like hey these guys are these guys are fighting really terribly. They're not. They're they're out there doing bad let's stuff. Take them out. Let, let's let's them, go let's and make sure out. they don't do that to anyone else. It's that kind of thing. Hmm. It's not. It's not. Oh, you, you can kill each other with bullets, but but not with rocks. It's not. It's not like that. It's like trying to make sure everyone's held accountable for very disgusting things. Yeah. So I like don't a, know, dude. What what if like a way to disable a country? Like, oh, just send the Mexicans. They'll they'll populate, and then just like take over, take over, and you know, you know how Mex- people say Mexicans are like rabbits and just how they br- <laughs> they breed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, dude. I don't know, man. This which is funny because are there any uh, religions or um ideologies that you can think of from Mexico that that 
that kind of pushed that concept of having a lot of kids, having big families? Or was it more just like the culture that it was just like, because it's uh, there's a lot of farms and stuff in Mexico, right? Yeah. So is it that, because I know back in the day when there were more farms and you were responsible for your own land and making sure you had your own food, you would want to have more families so that you can't be able to have more workers essentially. Yeah. Is it kind of that concept or um, cuz like we got we have Mormons who are like have as many kids as you can. And that's an ideology not just like something that people do. Okay, so I think it's I think it's truth. Well, I'm not an expert in this field, but at at first glance, I think there's two things. One, I think what you said about, you know, having farms and you have big families to help with the, you know, your 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 home and mm-hmm. your farm or whatever. That's one. And two, maybe it's like the conquistador gene that was just ingrained. Like by being um, basically taken by the Spanish when they, you know, when they came over and they became, uh, they were conquistadors. Maybe that is what is like what drives people to just freaking... I don't know, just <laughs> be conquistadors. I don't know. Okay. I, I was just curious because like how you you said that, that there are people who, who, like everyone that I know who is from Mexico has huge families. There's not anyone I, uh, that I know who's like, I'm an only child. You know, also, I think it, it comes from um, not being... Um, Okay, so the reason why most people uh, have smaller families nowadays is because they come, they become accustomed to the Western world. You know, you get more educated, you get, uh, you realize the resp- you start realizing the responsibilities of kids. So it kind of just, you don't want to have as many kids. Whereas in in third world countries or maybe second world countries. That you, you don't have that system of education, you don't really think about it. You just do it. And then you just work with what, what you have, basically. I think that's also a reason. Uh, because I'm the proof. I'm Mexican. I still don't have I don't still I still don't have kids. I'm 30 years old. And uh but my brothers, you know, one of my brothers, he's got four. My sister's got three. But would you also say out of all of your siblings that you are the least um, the 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 one who would how do you say it you were you are way more accustomed to the Western society than the rest of your siblings yeah like if, if people who who didn't know you and your brothers and your sister and you guys just were like put in a lineup. And they had to guess like who's your brother and who's who are your sisters. They would more than likely probably guess wrong. Oh, if it was just 100%. based off of People styles. Like, and, That's your brother? What the heck? Yeah, yeah. So a lot I'm of like, it comes to the culture. Like, which culture do you kind of go with more? And and how are you going to act? And what are you going to like? What are you going to do? Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's for me. I think it was more of the education. Of being of understanding what and and what the responsibility of being kids is and and also it's not cheap. It's not cheap to have kids. 
Like you may think that it is, but I assure you that, you know, between now and 18 and even after that, like now kids are staying in at their parents' home mm-hmm. way after 18. We're talking like 20, 25. Yeah. Maybe even 27, dude. I don't know. People have, you know, I just more of the, the newer generations are staying home more. So they're going to cost you. I actually have a friend who just took the bar exam and he's moving into his parents' house until he finds his results out because it's like it's too expensive. He's not going to go find a job right now because he could be a lawyer in the next month. Like, <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Like, gonna that's crazy. Am I going to go work in a restaurant for, for two months or just wait and become a lawyer and and get bukus? Like. That's, ins- that's crazy. <laughs> See, how old is he? Uh, oh, how, how old are they? I, I think he's like 28, 26, 28, something like that. So imagine 28 and dang, dude. So even education is used as a weapon. Like the more you know, the more or the more that someone teaches you in a certain sense. Did you hear about what's going on with the whole sucker with, well, not Zuckerberg, with Facebook and Myanmar? No. Okay. So Burma or Myanmar in Southeast Asia basically there's these phone companies that you buy a phone and um you know you have like the calls and you have your data and everything is charged you know you're getting billed for the data you use right mm-hmm. but facebook comes with the phone and it's not being charged as data so it's free so facebook these is free. yeah so these people only have facebook that is their internet they just use Facebook. Because it's free. That you don't have to pay for it. So Facebook became their internet. That's their window into the outside world, right? Yeah. So, you know, the it's military control there. So they were actually, you know, inciting violence towards groups of people. Mm-hmm. So they weaponized the yeah, use of Facebook. Yeah, I know about that. Okay. That's that's yeah. a weapon yeah i mean nowadays what do we have to worry about cyber attacks influence is a weapon influence is a weapon what was the last thing i i, I don't know i just heard some someone say like oh make lists of these people and and um so we know who those people are who said that aoc or something like oh, that oh yeah the accountability I don't, uh, she but, was. Dude, she wanted to make a cool, list of man. anyone who supported Trump or worked in his. She calls it regime um, to keep them accountable later on. It's that's like, not cool. You can keep someone accountable if they did something wrong, but just because they worked under someone doesn't mean they're like, working. You worked in a bar. I can guarantee you, if your bar was investigated, you should also go to prison. I can guarantee you, she uh, fal- falsified her tips, so that's tax evasion. There's zero percent chance that she claimed everything she ever got. Get out of here! But let's not go down this route. I'm not. I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying, like, you know, influence. Yeah. You know, saying like saying things like that. Yeah. That's not. I don't that's not cool. Like, I don't know. I think she's I think she's young. I think she's a a, a cool like a uh, person. Maybe her ideas aren't all there yet. I don't feel like they're she's really thought them through. 
and she's doing her job. But I would never incite that. I would never be like, hey, community of thought process, you know, let's make lists of these people or let's do this against this group or no, man, let's get out of here. Like we would never do that. Yeah. But people who are in positions of power will often do that. Mm-hmm. So influence, you know, influence changes people's perceptions and behaviors. So, I mean, okay. Let's say you were a king, Greg, and you said you you met with the king of, um, I don't know, the Greyjoys. Okay, from <laughs> right, and you're and and you're like uh, you're a Stark or something. What's you that? They never die. You you <laughs> you you go. You talk to the guy. The guy is not a cool person. You're like you hate him. Or he, let's say he sleeps with your wife or with mm-hmm. your queen. You're gonna make up a story to go to war with that guy. Yeah. And so you're gonna be like, oh, he's gonna come and pillage, and he's gonna kill all your women. He's gonna rape and pillage your women. If you said that, you're you would gain the mom- that mom- you would ride that momentum and go to war with the guy, and your people and your armies would die for you for what you said for those things, even though it was just a very personal thing. Yeah. So that's happened in the past. Influence. I mean, it's the same like nowadays. If um, let's just say you go to a bar and you get in a fight with someone, all your friends come and start fighting that guy. But what if you were the dick and you deserve to get punched? It's kind of like that. You're you're just you're choosing a side and you're backing it without knowing the full situation. It's yeah. the influence. Yeah. But uh, anyway. So I don't know. We, what, what else do you have? What else do you have? What else did we didn't we go through? I mean, we talked a lot right now about more mental weapons, essentially. So mental weapons is the same as a net too. You, you catch someone in a position of, of vulnerability or weakness, and then you finish them off. However, however it is. Yeah, I think I know we we were gonna go into this rabbit hole, but I also wanted to put in my two cents it's like i just go back to the same thing it's like we have to appreciate those little moments of peace that we have could be when you're when you wake up and you decide to do some yoga or you go on for you go out for a run the uh, the the fact that you're able to do that you know that's your personal peace the fact that you just get up in the morning or, or in the afternoon or whatever and you get on your bike and you're not thinking about the the outside world, you know, that says a lot. Just yeah. Think about that. Well, it was like today I went to my son's school and I wasn't there to pick him up, but I was there 10 minutes early and I saw him out playing in the playground, running around, riding a bike and, and playing with his friends. And I didn't even, cause the situation was not a good situation while I was there, but I forgot that that was even going to happen. Just watching him playing. And that's and, the and moment for, of peace. And for that you, you that was your moment of yeah. peace. And it's temporary. Yeah. So what do we do? We have to appreciate it and cherish those moments because they're rare. Nowadays, you get on your phone, you go, you open up Twitter, you open up Facebook, and it's everything but peace. They're rare if you make it rare. 
It's just like with with work. There for so many I worked in the place, same place for like 12 13 years. Yeah. I probably say 50% of those years I I hated every moment I was in that building, hated every moment going to that building or thinking about it. And then at one point I was like, okay, I'm going to be here regardless. I'm going to switch up my attitude while I'm there and have fun. And in, the, in those moments of hanging out with the servers while we're making drinks, I'm going to crack some jokes. We're going we're gonna to laugh about something. We're going to play around in some sense. Like, I'm going to have a good time when I can have a good time. Yeah. And, and it became better. And it actually started showing me things to actually have more fun with the guests who came in, which then in turn, I was making more money. So it's like always trying to keep that... That that piece, that mentality, there, yeah, yeah. Also, for me, I think that um, I don't know if it's gonna be like an Instagram thing or, or maybe something that we share here. Um, I want to tap into the warrior's mentality. So I'm actually reading a, a book called um, "The Way of the Samurai." I hope to finish that and then we can talk about it in one of the next podcasts. Okay. Um, but I know that you've been getting on your bike like basically almost every day. And I've been, you know, for me, it was like, oh, man, like I've, you know, I, I've probably gained some weight and and uh, maybe I'm not as comfortable as before. And the gyms are now closed again. And it's like, you know, excuses after excuses after excuses. And I really want to harness the warrior mentality and just get out there i don't care if it's a walk you know just take the first steps go for a walk go for uh, a hike you know i think in the, in the coming weekends and after these like not the holidays but just the the next trips that i have planned mm-hmm. i'm gonna be dedicating more time to going back to the traditional way you know, like what did what did what did hunter and gatherers do? They'd wake up, they had a purpose for their day, whether it was, you know to go out gather food and put it on the table for the family, go out and hunt, or go even you know protect your land. But it was some it was always something. It was go survive. Survive yeah. like nowadays, I don't see people surviving. I think we're just slowly dying yeah we're like it's like a very slow death like we're just this is how i think about things okay when we choose to get into entertained with things that don't bring any value it's like getting hooked up on morphine a slow drip of morphine you're sitting there and oh let's watch the next recommended video which if it's this one Go to the restaurant, <laughs> hook up that IV, you know, uh-huh. or I see like, um, yeah, the next recommended video or we spend hours, countless hours on social media and, and it's just like, I don't know, dude, it's so depressing. It's so, um, it's not reality, man. Like reality is out here out here like you know even sometimes i get caught up on my in my work i'm like dude i had what am i doing man i've just been sitting here all day let me go outside 
let me go get a fresh, you know, breath of air and ground myself. Because, I'm, t- dude, I'm telling you, like, we really don't know. We're only starting to see the effects of te- this type of technology in our daily life. I was driving yesterday. I was driving yesterday. And then I just look around. You know, you're driving 65, 70 miles an hour. You look around and people are driving. You're like, wait a minute. You're telling me that a hundred years ago, we didn't have this. What is happening? How, how am I able to go 80 miles an hour in a freeway, in a car that I can control by myself, that you only fill up every few hundred um, miles. How did we go from riding horses and walking to this in such a short amount of time? It's a, it's a lifetime ago. People are living up to a hundred now. It's a lifetime ago, Greg. Mm-hmm. Bonkers. <laughs> Think about it. I I was thinking. I'm like, it's not amazing because you're able to see it. What do you mean? It's just, it's not like seeing a cell phone, whatever. We've, we've grown accustomed to it. Yeah. But if you were to have given that to me when I first, when we, I remember when I was a kid, we went to a gateway store. It was like an Apple store. This was called gateway. It was a computer. We bought our first computer for the house. Did it come in a cow? I was in the, like, in the cow yeah. box? I was like, oh. that was so cool. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but could you imagine if I got home that day and freaking some some time traveler walked up to me and was like, here, and handed me a phone? You would I would, shit I would your be pants. like, what the hell? <laughs> I, would, I would be like, I w- dude. That I devil, would be like a god to devil, my friends. Bobby. I'd be like a god to my friends. Like, they'd be like, "What do you mean? You don't have to. T- you don't have to go and get on dial-up to search something up." Yeah. Nope. Instantaneously. You're taking 1080p photos, or no? You're taking 180p photos. I'm taking. I'm taking 4K. 4K. That's so high. <laughs> Wait, that's better than reality. <laughs> Even reality has more pixels than that. Then, uh, dude, it's it's crazy, man. It's just this is a this is a wild ride, and and um, sometimes I feel like we need to step back. Like I personally feel like I need to step back. Some, I'm telling you, I was just driving, and I realized, like, like, dude, traffic. Fuck. Well, it's like traffic. The other day, people didn't I, have traffic with horses. I left my uh, my phone at home on purpose the other day, and when I got to where I was going, I I was going to do some research for the podcast and and check out some of the weapons and stuff. And so I pull up, and I was like, "Wait, I don't have my phone." And that was ten minutes early to where I was going, and I was like, "What am I going to do?" So I just sat there for a moment, and then I saw. A piece of paper on the floor of my car so i picked it up and i already had a pen in my hand because i was gonna need to sign something and so i just started drawing and i was like what the hell i don't draw <laughs> so i drew the this kia sign for my car i drew the playground 
and uh, I drew the handicap sign. <laughs> what? And I, I was just, I, I don't draw normally, and I, and I started drawing because I had more time on my hands to do something. When you're on a phone, majority of the time, you're not really doing anything. You're just consuming inform- infinite amount of information. You're, like You're consuming think- what someone else did. So it would be as if I consumed someone else drawing what I drew in those moments. So are you going to be sitting there just consuming or are you going to be sitting there creating in whatever sense? I actually wanted to try to challenge you to something where we can go down to like, go down to uh, the beach or go somewhere that's like a... Uh, like 4C, like Santiago, and we create some kind of weapon by just what's out there. We don't bring anything with us, and we can't use anything. Like, say we were walking down, and we just happened to see, like, a metal pole. We have to use, like... Nature. Actual, yeah, actual things yeah. that we grow. I there. mean, w- I think see we what, should, what comes out. I think we should do a hike, and, and then we can just uh, see what happens. Yeah. And it has to be functional for some purpose. Like, maybe you... Maybe you find something and you make a fishing pole. That's cool. But like it has to be functional, not just some obnoxious weapon that's like an eight pronged trident. Like, come on. What's the use of that? Fishing. So you can catch eight fish at once? Get your ass out of here. (laughs) You increase chances of of getting fish by eight times, dude. Uh, Yeah, man. Life continues to be weird. And, um, I'll tell you what's also weird. All, all all of our other podcasts that are found everywhere on the internet, on every platform. Feel free to, you know, follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, um, iHeartRadio. I think we're on iHeartRadio now. Uh, on um, Google Podcasts, or did I say Apple Podcasts? Yeah, Apple. Um, Spotify, we're there. If you like the video version of this podcast you can find it on youtube um you know we we always try to post a little bit here and there on social media i think we'll be a little bit a little bit more active i don't know if we'll be as responsive because i'm trying to limit my time on social media nowadays but um yeah i mean how how else can they reach us you know you can live you can chat on with us live yeah we go live open thursday nights uh and we post on Instagram when we're going live, so you can come check us out there and ask us questions because we can see it live. And uh, if it's something just, answerable, if you're just coming in saying hi, we may not just respond saying specifically hi. But if you're in there asking questions and, and trying to drive the conversation, we'll we'll engage with you. And, yeah, we're we're open to that. We um, don't want you just sitting here with 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 nothing that's benefiting you except for listening to what we say. Because yeah. if, if if the two of us just talk, then we don't get your thought process as well. <laughs> All right, guys. So that concludes today's rabbit hole on weapons of mass destruction. Um, to end this um, podcast, I'm going to read uh, an excerpt from the lyrics of Civil War, which, by the way, listen to this song, man. It, dude, Guns N' Roses was on a different level back then i told you before the podcast i went to their live show and it was probably the best live show i have ever been to the energy the passion the 
Axl Rose just singing at the top of his lungs, dude. It was insane. Mm-hmm. It's something that's, you know, I hope that they continue to tour after this whole pandemic is over. Um, so let me read. Let me read uh, a little excerpt that I found interesting here. It says, My hands are tied. The billions shift from side to side, and the wars go on with brainwashed pride for the love of God and our human rights, and all these things are swept aside. By bloody hands, time can't deny, and are washed away by your genocide. And history hides the lies of our civil wars. With that, we conclude today's podcast. Join us next week. Um, hope to catch you guys here. Take care. See you later. Bye, people.